Good morning. Hope that was a blessing to you, was it? It was, wasn't it? Boy, I tell you what, I just thank the Lord for our, our music ministry, just preparing us for worship every day, and of course, seeing all the parents up here, that was fantastic too, wasn't it? I just uh, love, love seeing that, uh, and of course, on Memorial Day weekend, we, we are uh, always in remembrance of those who have uh, served our country. I want to tell you a little story. Uh, Fun-loving kid. He was uh, from a small town. Had to had that mischievous but yet warm, inviting smile. Y'all seen kids like that, haven't you? You know, and he just uh, uh, he, he was a he was a good kid to be around. Always had uh, a way of showing respect and honor to to those around him. Even as a child growing up, he uh, then got in high school, started playing football, became a became an athlete, uh, was very successful. And doing so, all the teachers and the coaches loved this guy. He just—he uh, was the the epitome of of who they were looking at as a student athlete, and uh, he was a leader among his peers. He was uh, he was the life of the party. You know, when when he'd show up in the room, everybody knew he's there, and and they were glad that that he was there because uh, he was that kind of guy. You know, he was uh, the one that you wanted to know, you wanted to be around, and. He's one of those guys that just was uh, so warm, and uh, that was exciting. He fell in love, got married to his high school sweetheart, and uh, life, life was good. Got a job at the local plant. It was one of those jobs that was eh, kind of difficult to, to get because, you know, there was a, a lot of competition, but because he was so well-known in the community and liked, uh, uh, he got hired on, and and deservingly so. I mean, he, he was, uh, again, one of, the, one of those fellows that uh, people want to be around, and they wanted him as an employee. And, and so he, he just continued there, and uh, next thing you know, they were expecting a child. And I tell you, it was, uh, it was an exciting time. Again, life was good. And he was a little bit scared, too, because you know what? There was some rumbling going on in the news. They, they were hearing about... Germany and all that was going on in, in Europe. And he knew that, boy, that is a, the longer that conflict kept on going, that the potential of the United States getting involved was, was there. And, but they, you know, they were our friends over in Europe, but, man, that was so far away. And he was busy with life and, and, and doing a lot of those good things. And then a really, very bad day happened, Pearl Harbor. And when Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor happened, he, like thousands and thousands of other young men, knew exactly what they had to do. And they went and he joined the army and signed up because it was the honorable thing to do. And, you know, his wife understood and supported him, uh, but she was, she was kind of scared. She was a little worried about what that really meant and but, uh, but he did, and, and he went, and, and through months of training and preparation, they, 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 they got there, and they got ready, and then they got their orders, finally, to go into the war zone. And so, once again, there, there was uh, some, some laughter, some crying, some little bit of fear, a little bit of, you know, they just didn't really know how to handle the stress, but uh, uh, he and his friend Charlie were ready to to meet up afterwards and celebrate the events of the day. and He didn't sleep much that night because 
I guess the adrenaline was so high, and they were getting ready to, to, to head off into battle, and this is everything they'd planned on. And, of course, everything had gone right in his life. And so he was confident going in. Well, they hit the beaches, and as they came, Charles, Charlie went, he went down quick and was killed in action. And then another one, and another one, and the, the, the situation wasn't exactly what he had thought about or what he had dreamed of. He, he, he realized all of a sudden, this is, this, this is not what I had envisioned. And so he, he, he began to shake, and he was nauseated, and, and, and he was full of fear, but yet he, he just pulled everything that he had within him to, to fight on, and, and he did that. He fought. And somehow he made it through the day. And he sat there with his thoughts that night, still shaking up, and he said his thoughts, and the glamour of war had disappeared. It was gone. But you know, he, he had a wife and now a child at home and he knew that he had, he had to fight. He, he had to, to, to pick it up and he had to go because that's what he was fighting for was that freedom. He was fighting for what he believed to be true and of good, good report. And, and, and so he, he, he did that. He fought day after day and month after month. He continued to do so and then one day, in another battle scene, he too was fatally wounded and lost his life. He never returned home. And I wanted to ask, who was this guy? He's one of hundreds of thousands of Americans who have, men and women who have stepped up to the call and have stepped up and said, I'll fight for what I believe is good. I'll fight for the freedom. I'll fight for the very thing that we enjoy today, to be able to come in here and park and walk laughing and, 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 and coming in to a worship center and be able to worship and praise our God with no fear. That's who he is. He's, he, he's that man. You know, some of them did return home. This here is a helmet of my father-in-law. Uh, I'm pretty glad he was able to come home. <laughs> so, you know, but uh, his name was Oscar Wood. So he has Woody written right across here. And on this helmet, he has many of the places that uh, he went and he served in World War II. We see uh, Panama and we see Manila, and Yokohama, Japan. He was on the, uh, uh, let's see, the Batangas. He's in Pearl Harbor. And, and the list goes on, as you can see that. Many men and women served, and they were able to come home and to enjoy the freedom that, that, that we have been blessed with. You know, on Memorial Day weekend, we do come. We come to, to honor those who have given the supreme sacrifice of their life. We come to give that, that, that way. So, you know, if you've had a family member or, uh, or a friend who uh, lost their life uh, serving, in serving our country in the military, and you've been touched in that way. Would you stand, please? Because we want to honor them through you. If you could do that. Is there anyone here? Yeah, thank you so much. Many. Many here. Let's give them a hand.
And if you are, uh, you have served or are actively serving in, in, in the military, we'd like for you to stand too. We thank you for your service. We thank you for risking your life for us. Thank you very much. And we honor you today. Honor, kind of an interesting word, isn't it? Uh, uh, what does that really mean? You know, it, that means to show respect. It can mean to, to give a tangible, you know, a, a tangible distinction to, to show something they've accomplished. It's kind of like yesterday when I was out on a bike ride with about four or five other guys. I had the honorable distinction of being slowest in the pack. Yeah. <laughs> so, but they honored me by staying with me. You know, they didn't run off and leave me. They, they, they stayed with me and uh, we, we were able to have a, a lot of time. Uh, what we want to do today is uh, uh, we, we want to not only honor those who have served, but we want to honor our God. And we want to honor Him with, with our lives and honor Him with uh, our thoughts. And we actually want to go back and revisit uh, one of the more popular series that uh, Randy has preached. He preached it earlier this year. And, and do something with it that we had thought about doing even back then, but weren't able to because of the different things we were that were going on in the church. But uh, we want to do honor revisited, and we want to take a look at that. So I've taken uh, time this week to, to go back and look at the sermons that uh, Randy preached on, uh, on honor, and I've brought out a few highlights from that that I just want to refresh our minds. I want to bring them back up into our attention for a couple reasons. One is because I think it's that important. I think that it has that kind of impact in our life because it's very easy for us to, uh, to, to let that be a foregone conclusion. It's, it's over, and now let's move on to the next thing, and next thing you know, our lives just kind of settle back right where they were. And we are no longer showing that kind of honor, that kind of respect in all those different ways. And so we want to do that, <coughs> excuse me, uh, and, and do that this weekend as we're uh, walking through this. One of the things I want us to do also is not so much be an inspiration uh, today, but more of a challenge. And we'll end with a challenge for you to participate with our church in showing honor this coming week. So 1 Samuel 2.30, in that verse, that was kind of the heart. It was the verse that really stood out to us in, in, in the passage or in the, in the series. And in that, the Lord said, honor me and I will honor you. Honor me, and I will honor you. The problem with it is, so often, you and I want that honor for ourselves. You say, not really. Well, really, we, we like to be respected. We like to have the attention. We like people to know what we've accomplished. We like people to know that maybe we've served. You know, man, you know, we, we can go and we serve, but you know, at, least, at least let somebody acknowledge that we've done it, you know, that kind of thing. We want that honor. But here, the key is that God tells us, if you'll honor me, if you'll put me first, if you'll do that, then I will honor you. Now, he's already done that. He's already put us first anyway because, you know, he... Jesus showed that ultimate sacrifice. You know, we talked about the men and women who have lost their lives for us and to, to enjoy our freedom. But Jesus did that too. In Romans 5, 8, it says this. It says that God demonstrated his love for us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so even before you and I had made a decision to follow him, even before you and I had made a decision to say, hey, I want to turn my life over to you. I want to serve you. I want to honor you with all that I am. He paid the ultimate sacrifice. 
Why? Because of his love for us. He paid that honor thing. So when we look at this, we want to do that too. So what does it really mean to show honor to God? What does that really mean? Well, Randy said it this way. He said, the Lord is saying here that if we make him weighty in our lives, significant in our lives, heavy in our lives, then he will make our lives something significant and will make it something weighty. Okay, translation. If I put him first, if I, put, if I make him so important in my life that my decisions, my thoughts, my actions, everything that I do is centered around what about my relationship, everything I do is centered around my relationship with him, then he's going to produce a weightiness in my life or, or a heaviness or something that would make an impact into my community around me. I'll give you an example. If I throw a small pebble into, a, into the water, it makes a small ripple, right? If I throw a large stone, boy, it's a big thing. Well, that's what he's saying. If you'll put me first, you're going to have an impact on those around you. Well, I want that. I want God to see that I'm serious about that. Isaiah 8, 13 says, But the Lord of hosts, him you shall honor as holy. Let him be your fear. Let him be your dread. Okay, so again, what does it mean to, to, to fear him? What does it mean? Does that mean that we should walk around scared of God? I don't think so. But I think it also means that we should not have this idea that God's our buddy. You know? God's my bud. And you're talking. No, there has to be a, a reverence. There has to be an acknowledgement of who he is. There has to be this idea that God's bigger and more important than I am. And I should always show him that kind of honor. I should always show him that respect in my life. I think what times, at times we get caught up with this idea that you and I want to think of him as being a, a friend and, and have this intimacy with him in that way. And that's good to a certain extent. Until the point comes where we lose that respect for him as the almighty, almighty creator who spoke the worlds into existence. The one who has a plan for you and I can do that. So as we walk through the series, we talked about many things. One is we talked about honoring life. Okay? Honoring life. And, and, and that means really the whole point there was God wants us to value life way before it is devalued. We need to value life, whether it means from, from conception to, to in the womb to the elderly. But more important than that, even then, also, it's not just, just the idea of right to life and those things, but it's also the idea that, you know what, life is so important, I'm going to value it in a way that says that every moment is precious. I'm going to live for the Lord every moment. I'm not going to let it slide. I'm not going to just get into a habit where I lose perspective. I want to value life. It is the life that God has given me. It's the opportunity that God has given me, not only to live for him, but to impact other people. So we need to value life. We also talked about honoring marriage. Honoring marriage. Um, it's not the world's job to honor marriage. It's ours. It's your job. It's my job to honor marriage. It's not the world, because guess what? If we step out, and we turn on the TV, and we're watching any show, whether it be a drama, a comedy, you name it, a movie, 
What do they do to marriage? They dishonor it because there's always an illicit affair. There's always an inappropriate relationship. And they glamorize it. They make it to be something to be desired. They make it, but you know what? The scripture very clearly says that marriage was established by God. It is a reflection of our relationship with him. When I said I do to my wife, it was more than just making a covenant relationship with her. I was entering into a relationship that represented God's love for his church. God's love for me. If I break that, then it also is a reflection on the same thing. We need to honor marriage. We need to honor the relationship that we're in. We should do those things. And so honor marriage is important for us to do that. How, how can we do that? We can be outrageously pure. We must be outrageously pure. What does that mean? It means going the extra mile. It means going over the top. It means being inconvenienced. It means that, you know what, I'm going to be accountable to somebody. I've got somebody that's, got my, that's going to be accountable that, that can ask me tough questions. It means that I'm not going to engage in inappropriate conversations with someone. I'm not going to talk bad about my wife and about my relationship with her. I'm not going to uh, find myself in, in, in situations where compromise can take place. I have to be outrageously pure. It means that, you know what, I'm not going to have a computer sitting in a private room at home, but it's going to be out there in the family room where everybody can see whoever's on it, what's on it, and what's happening. That's what it means. It means I'm going to make choices on the movies and the music I listen to that reflect the idea of being pure. Make no, make no mistake, folks. We, we like to step back sometimes and make choices and think it's not really, it doesn't really matter. But if we're choosing to watch things and bring them into our homes and bring them into our families and we see things that, that do not represent the purity that God stands for, we are making a grave mistake. And the consequences of that are, 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 are bad. So we must be outrageously pure. We talked about the next step of honoring the home. You know, honoring God's design for the home. We talked about how to know God's design, His purpose and for marriage and for parenting. Well, how do I do that? Through His Word. How do I do that? From, from engaging other godly people so I can understand what God's doing in their life, but to know God's design and his purpose for marriage and parenting. To live God's design. So it's got to translate somewhere between here and here. It's got to move from knowledge to the want to. It's got to move to the point where I am going to take action on what I know. To know God's design on purpose. And to be a picture of God's picture. A representative of his design. You know what? Your home is a reflection of your Savior. Who looks at it? Well, a lot of people do. Your neighbors, your co-workers, your friends. They all get a picture of your home from the things you do, from the things you say, what it looks like, everything's all the way down the thing. So let your home be a picture of God's picture. Make those hard decisions to make changes where it's not reflecting Christ to do that. That's how we honor God with our home. That's how we do that. Then we moved into, we, we, we actually talked about 
uh, honoring God or honoring authority in our life. And then we talked about honoring God with the decisions that we make. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 reads this. says, whatever you do, work heartily, heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive an inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Make, make it a point to serve God with every decision you make. Take it before him. Well, what does that mean? Well, I, I think I think it means that it means that uh, when I make decisions that are just for my own convenience, or I make decisions that are, are poor, then that is a poor reflection on my relationship with Him. Uh, you know, if if I'm in a situation and I'm standing around the water cooler at work and people are telling jokes that are nasty and and, and don't don't have a right to be in my life, and I don't walk away from that, then that decision reflects Christ. When, when, you know, when I'm about to take a new job or when I'm about to uh, move into another home, boy, those are decisions that we should really take before the Lord. We should pray about it. Why? Because where I live is where I'm going to be a lighthouse. It means that that's, that means I'm going to have this influence to my, my neighbors around me. And it is important. You know, boy, I tell you, we, uh, just, just this last week, we, we were able to, to, to lead a young lady to the Lord. Uh, man, that's what you want to do. Move in and say, God, use me. Make a decision to follow Christ in all things. Then we talked about honoring God with money. That's always a real uncomfortable topic. We don't like to talk about it. And you know the reason why I thought about it? Why, why is it so hard to talk about money? It's because it's real personal. You know, how we spend our money, it tells us a lot about ourselves, doesn't it? And And so... <clears throat> you know, here, here's the thing about money and why Jesus thinks it's important. Giving shows that we value God over money. But that's just it. It, it shows it. Giving shows that we value God. I mean, God's more important than what I have in my pocket. Giving shows that we trust God over money. You say, really? Yeah. Can I really trust God with less? Can I really trust him? Because if I give, I have less. And I know what my bills are. I know what my, I know what I, I know what my lifestyle's like. I know what, you know, th th this cost. And if I give, can I trust God with less? Well, the book of Malachi is pretty clear. Ronnie's translation of that would be, trust me and see if I won't bless your socks off. That's the southern version, okay? You know what that really means? God says, look, I'll rebuke you the devourer for your sake. That's what he says. I'm going to tell you what, that's a pretty good promise. God says, man, you, you give to me and I will rebuke the devourer, Satan himself, for your case. That's where I want, I want God on my side on that, okay? Do we trust him? Giving shows that we bow to God. That just simply means we bow. We're obedient. So it becomes more than just valuing and trusting. It becomes a place of obedience, which is a true act of worship. It shows that we bow to God. Then we spent two weeks on honoring the church. Hang with me just for a second here because there's a couple things we got to talk about. We talked about honoring church. It says that we cannot honor God and not honor the church or love God and not love the church. What does that mean? It means that coming today is important. 
It means that when we gather together, iron sharpens iron. We encourage one another. We strengthen one another. It's, there's something about corporately gathering together and worshiping our Lord together that, that produces fruit in our life. It's important. It's where we learn. It's where we exercise our giftedness that, that God's given us. Man, if we join together and if we all work together and everybody serves the Lord and, and we say, yes, we're going to show honor and yes, we're going to do these things in our community and, and we're going to do that. If we did that, we would be in an unstoppable army profoundly impacting this community and world for Christ. If we do it together. If we take these principles that we're talking about this morning, about honoring in these different areas, there's nothing that can stop us. The gates of hell cannot prevail. We also talked about loving one another. Romans 12, 10 and 11 says, Love one another with brotherly affection. I love this. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. Okay, what does that mean? It means overdo it. Be that person. Be that person that says, you know what? I'm not going to be outdone. I'm going to show more respect and more honor and more love for my brothers and sisters in Christ than I receive. I'm not going to wait till they show it to me, but I'm going to be that person. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to do it. God says we are to outdo each other in showing honor. That's honor to the church and honor to each other. So, where does that bring us? When we have this, we, we, we reflect on all these things about honor, where does that bring us? Well, we want to give a challenge uh, this week to have 10,000 acts of honor. 10,000 acts of honor. Now, don't worry. Well, I'm not asking any of y'all to do 10,000 acts of honor yourself. You just have to do 1,000 each. Is that okay? No, just think about it. Um, 2,000 people committing to do at least five acts of honor this week each day. Okay, you know, 10,000, 2,000 people committing to do at least five acts of honor this week. Each day we have a guide for you to do that. So what does that mean? Okay, there's 2,000 people here this morning. If you do five acts, that's how many? 10,000. So, okay, and so well, why are we doing this? What difference does it make? Well, because this is why. If we maybe even double that, if we actually take the time and say, yes, I will do acts of honor, and I will participate in this, and I will do that, do you think that little ripple in the water is going to be small or big? Well, it depends. If a few of us do it, we'll make a small ripple. But if all of us join together, if all of us go and say we're going to show honor to our community and to the people around us and to our homes and to the different things, Man, God is going to be blessed. And that's what we want to do. And so we can do that. So we have a guide. <clears throat> uh, you have a list in your bulletin today that shows a, a, a particular place to show honor each day for the next seven days. Okay? Uh, well, you can also follow that and go on to our website, and you get multiple ideas for each day just to kind of start, start your brain turning and say, okay, what are some other ways? Because I'm going to give you one idea for each one this morning, but then if you want more ideas, you can go to our website or just pick up, you know, make up your own. The idea is to show honor, and so there we go. So here we go. Tomorrow, May 25th, honor the military. Great idea. Invite a military family over for a cookout. We all cook out on Memorial Day anyway, so why not invite a military family over 
And when they say, hey, what can I bring? You say, nothing, not a thing. I just want to bless you. I want to thank you. I want to honor you. And that's just one way. Many more ways uh, that are on the website, four or five more ways that you can honor military. You can do that. Just check out the website, uh, the church website, and do that. But that's one way. <clears throat> Next, Tuesday, May 26th, honor a parent or a grandparent, okay? And so, oh, what's the way you do that? Well, how about just take, take them on a, a walk outdoors? Does that really honor them? Yeah, that's better than sitting in front of the TV or doing something. It means you're spending time with them. You're talking to them. You're having that conversation. You know that. So take a, take a walk outdoors with them. That's just one way. Many other ways you can do that too, but uh, trying to give you an idea. How about on Wednesday? Honor the Lord at work. Yeah, God wants us to honor him at work too. So uh, help a co-worker with a project. So boy, maybe you've been real busy and stuff like that, but you know a co-worker needs a little bit of help on a project. Lend a hand. Do that. Honor them. It's a great way to do that. Okay? Thursday, honor the Lord with your time. Okay, great way. Rewatch or listen one of the sermons from the Honor Series. You can go on our website, you can follow that, to the sermon, and you can look at one of the sermons from the Honor Series itself. That's just one way. You don't have to listen to this one again since you, since you just heard that. But uh, no, what, all, all of the sermon series that Randy preached on Honor are there, so love for you to watch one of those. A lot of other ways too. Friday, honor the Lord with your money. How about give financially to someone in need? Okay, if you have a friend, somebody you know, I don't know who it is or whatever, but hey, why, why not help them out? Why not show that you're, you're willing to, to, to give and, and go a little bit extra and help somebody out and do it in the name of the Lord, okay? Saturday, honor marriage, okay? By the way, if you're single, uh, that's okay. Uh, every way that we've suggested on the website, I think we have five suggestions on the website. This is one of them. Every one of those is something that you can participate in. So you can honor marriage and still be single, single okay? So whether you're married or single, won't want you to do that. But write a note or a card to someone whose marriage has inspired you, somebody that you look at and say, man, that, that just means so much to me. Or, boy, their marriage has been so important. You know, it could be, I mean, it could be your own parents uh, if their marriage is that or a friend or whoever. But write a note and say, man, I want to thank you, and this is why. And don't just say because you've inspired me. Well, yeah, tell them. Be specific. Honor them. Let them know that God has done something great. And then next Sunday, Honor the next generation. We only have one suggestion for that because we really want you to take this one suggestion. We want you to be here. Uh, next Sunday is Youth Sunday, and so our, our teenagers will be uh, leading in our worship. We'll be leading in the, in the sermon, uh, be teaching sermon. They will be teaching our, our life group classes. They'll be working in children's worship. They'll be all over the building taking on different forms of leadership. They are the church of tomorrow. This is a very important day for them. And it's important for us to support them. A minute ago I said, be that person that goes overboard. Well, here I'm going to say, don't be that person who says, I'm going to stay home next week. Don't be that person. Really. Really. Be here. It, it does not take anything extra for you to come to church like you normally do. And to be here and support them and honor them and honor what they're trying to do and what they're trying to accomplish and see God work in their life. Because we're going to have some people that end up being in ministry. We're going to have people doing some different things. It's extremely important for you to be here next Sunday to be a part of that. We all do that? We all be here? Okay? All y'all shook your head? Yes, that's a commitment. <laughs> no, be here next Sunday. You'll do that. But honor our next generation and try to make that happen. So, anyway, <clears throat> in closing, <clears throat> what does this really mean? I think it's important for us to um, 
to realize that honor is sometimes not natural for us. It has to be intentional. It has to be a choice that we make. We have to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to show honor in my life to other people, and I'm going to choose when and where to do that, and I'm going to do that consistently. I want to practice it. I want to practice it so much that it becomes natural for me to do. And so the challenge this week is to do that. And I hope and I pray that, that, that you will do that. Okay? Let's pray together if we can. Father, thank you so much for today and for uh, your wonderful blessings. And thank you, God, for, for your love and your grace in our life. And I thank you for all that you're doing. God, I pray uh, that we will have a sense that we know that honoring others is important. I pray, God, that, that through our 10,000 acts of honor, Lord, that we'll see people come to know you, that we'll see lives changed because it's a reflection of who you are in us. So empower us, Lord, to do that. Give us ideas. Give us direction. Help us to know that. Lord, help us to honor you, the one who sacrificed so much for us so that we could have this loving and personal relationship with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.